Hello friends, how are you? How are you getting on? My name is Colm and this is the Sober Mess podcast and you're very welcome. Today I'm joined by a man, well, well he's more of a demigod with all the things he's after achieving. He's an endurance athlete, he's an Ironman, having completed the Ultra Triathlon, that's a 3.8 kilometer swim, 180 kilometer cycle and a full marathon all in one race as well as recently completing the Kerryway Ultra 200 which is a 200 kilometer ultra race through the beautiful and cruel hills of Kerry. He's also the founder of the Cherry Archer Running Club which he founded in 2013 which has had a massive positive impact on the community getting all ages fitness levels up and moving for their well-being as well as their mental health. He's also won the RTE OT Community Award in 2018. <clears throat> as well as that, he has his own podcast, Ordinary Extraordinary. But best of all, he's a sea dipper. <laughs> so I'm absolutely <laughs> thrilled and delighted to have me go pal Ken on the podcast. Ken, brother, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm absolutely fantastic, bro. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's great to have you on, man. And geez, I was only thinking, you know, how how like how the both of us met, you know. We remember that we, we went for a swim. Well, we went, we went for a swim and I just we just ended up fucking chatting uh, in in the 44. I never met you before in my life, and we end up just having this really open and honest conversation, a very deep conversation, just talk about our journey and how we found it, the sea and, you know, how we can use the sea and, and the bit of running as, as as a form of therapy today. And that's what I just love about the, the, the community you meet down at down at the sea, just people that are there just to, just to keep things simple and just to look after their well-being. Yeah, it was mad. It was we were actually floating in the water, the two of us, when we started talking. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we had a few. Uh, we had a couple of things in common, and yeah, we just clicked, man. But that's the beauty about the, like the sea dips and all. A lot of us are out there for the same reasons. You know what I mean? It's to clear the head and just that freedom of the ocean. We absolutely love it. You know what I mean? But yeah, it was a cracking little meet up, and here we are today. Yeah, it's mad. Just, just that ripple effect, you know what I mean? And yeah, like the, I love, I love that. That's the community that I love down at the forty foot. You know, you can just get talking, and people just get you. You know what I mean? People just, they just understand you. So, Ken, tell us a bit. Tell us a bit. How, how did you come about finding the, uh, finding like the refuge in the running and the exercise? For me, Colin, it was, um, it was drug addiction. I got caught up in it all. I was bleeding. I was, Cherry Orchard is, is kind of one of those areas where there's a lot of um, a lot of deprived people in it and then you have a lot of crime, you have a lot of drugs and growing up we wouldn't have had much and I always, like I've had this conversation with lots of people and I think just growing up, that want of something, you know, nice in life and I ended up getting tangled up in, in gangs and crime and making money and robbing and then I ended up with a serious drug addiction from it and stuff like that but I remember my daughter was born in 2000 and that gave me the drive to get clean, you know what I mean? I wanted a really bad. And I think no, every sure. addict through the years would, like, would have, or to, at some stage of their life would always say, Jesus, this is no life to live. And I remember my daughter, my own father passed away due to alcoholism. And I remember my daughter when she was born and looking at her saying, I don't want her to be my age with no father. And looking back saying, Jesus, what if he got, he got his act together? And, 
I got clean. Um, I'm not sure of the dates. I know it was a long, long time ago. It was about 15, 16 years ago. But I, well, I just found congratulations. running. Yeah, cheers, brother. I found running and the actual high that I got from it, as well as just taking up the day, you know, trying to keep me busy and stuff. I started running little bits, doing little 2 and 3K runs, built it up to 5Ks. And yeah. and then I decided to do a marathon. And that was mind-blowing. I remember crossing the finish line, looking up, thanking my father and thanking the gods, whoever was looking down on me that day because I barely finished the fucking thing. But I remember saying to myself, my God, I have to tell I have to tell people about this, how the natural hoy I got from it. You know what I mean? And that was it, mate. Just from there, I just I absolutely that. loved yeah. it. I love that. Yeah, that, that's magic, isn't it? How you just discovered it, you know? Uh, and as you said, with the... You know, like it's my, it's a great thing that when we find something, you know, when we take something away, it's 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 good to replace it with something else, like the running and like that. You know, and when I when I gave up the drink a few years ago, you know, I, I had this massive void in my life, you know, because my whole life revolved around drinking, like and going out and partying and doing all this stuff, like, and it was me, it was me coping mechanism at the time. And then obviously when I, when I put down the drink. You know that that's only they used to say to me when it came into when it came into recovery that that's only the tip of the iceberg. You know what I mean? It's like you have a leak on in the house and you just the plumber comes in, he just turns off the water supply and he walks out the door. It doesn't mean that the leak is fixed, like you know. And uh, yeah. I know you suppose are used uh, uh, using different things to fill that void. You know, could have been overspending or could have been overworking or fucking overeating or you know over something some extreme just to kind of cater for that, them emotions. You know when it, we found the we found the running and the swimming and the, and the nature like these healthy voids to get that get that connection as as me coping mechanism and even today you know we had this chat before you know and sometimes when you're just feeling stressed out to to go for a run or to go for a swim can just completely transform how you feel and you look even today you know today my energy wasn't great. And uh, I was sitting down. I was looking at the uh, down at the down at the Voico there, ready to get in on it. And I was him and on and him and on. I will leave it later, and maybe I'll get it to tomorrow. And you know, just I, I didn't want to go for some reason. I just didn't want to get in. And I got into the water, and it was probably one of the best swims I've had in a long time. And I just walked home absolutely floating. And I think that's when you need it most when you really don't want to do it. That's when I think you get the most out of it, be it a swim or a run, like. Yeah, it's. I think a lot of people. It's like it's discipline, isn't it? It's you're doing shit you don't want to do, really. And like for me, like you just said there, when you when you go out to the forty four, you go out to any of these sea spots, and you get into that cold water, the sting for thirty seconds, then you just get your breathing right, and like that, you're getting out of the water with such a glow. You're just there's something at the triggering in your brain function, the endorphins, the serotonin, whatever's released. It's just, it's powerful, like, you know what I mean? We, 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 yeah. we have a big community now of sea swimmers and dippers. That, like, a lot of us do, we train out on the sea for, uh, for the Ironman competitions and stuff. But even for our, our other mates who aren't into sports, they come out with us, you know, out to the 40 foot and they get in and it's like, there's just something about it when you're out of water, the whole, the atmosphere of the whole group just comes alive, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it and, is. It's, it's, and it's magic, and I love how you discovered that you know that feeling that you got after you done that marathon. You know that this, like this, this is the the way you want to be. And did you know from that moment then, like that was the that was the answer, like that was the road you wanted to go down. You wanted to pursue a goal, these goals, or this uh, a life and running. 
Yeah, it's 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 mad. I've, I've said it a few times. It was like a really light bulb moment for me. Where I remember because I know I know hundreds of me. I know still there's a lot of people, and I know a lot of people in this area in 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 itself in Cherry Orchard. Like they wouldn't have never experienced sports. You know what I mean? Like they would obviously with football and the other little bits and bobs. But for me, the how I got from it, I was thinking if people only knew, if people in my area only realised what they would get from putting the effort in to get to a 5k maybe and the journey's always a little bit tough for anyone who's beginning running mm. but once you get there man and you start getting them feelings no matter how hard the run is you know I always say to people in my classes or in my beginners groups that I have I say to them don't think of the run the run is always going to be a bit of a struggle just remember the after effect what you're going to achieve from it or what you're going to experience after it and, and like that I went around telling my mates saying to them look at you you have to train for a marathon you've got to do this running shit it's unreal and um yeah and then it, like and that's how the club came about we started i started getting a couple of mates out met a couple of lads out running and said to them right why don't we put a plant in action we'll train for a year and we'll all do a marathon together so i think only one of them ended up doing it for the first time then the following year we had two and then every year after that it just it doubled and now, like, Love I that. think the last marathon, the last marathon we had, we had like something like forty-five members to fifty members that done it with us, you know. Yeah, that that's you know what the beautiful thing about that is that like the ripple effect that that has, you know, obviously people seeing the like the, the old can, you know, and then when you found the running and just that the change in you and people said, oh, I want more, I want the smile that he has in his face, I want that happy go lucky. Because I remember, remember when we met you down the forty four, just the buzz you had for the swimming, the buzz you had for nature, the buzz you had for them, them uh, the, just the simple things out there. You know what I mean? And I think that's the best, yeah. the best exposed, um, the best kind of message we can send out is just an example you know that we when we change ourselves and our change is beneficial and attractive you know people will gravitate towards that you know what i mean and say here oh, we want some of that and then i love the community there in in cherry arts running club you know to see everyone out and and the boys and the camaraderie and everyone supporting each other and going after this going after this goal like it's a beautiful thing you set up yeah it's 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 powerful like it's for, for for people who've experienced that and who have come along on the journey of running with us, they've lo- their lives have changed. Like I've had messages from wives who've said how much their husbands have changed, how much they, the atmosphere in the house because they're not violent anymore, they're not drinking, they're not fucking, you know what I mean? There's just and this is across the board. Like even girls that had, had would message me and say how how healthy they are and how positive they are. And only yesterday I put a post up, but one of our lads, John, won't mind me mentioning him. A lovely young fella, right, real sound kid, and he he wanted to kill himself about I think it was a year and a half ago or something. You know what I mean? And he wrote a lovely post for me and s- sent it to me, saying that he was out running with a group yesterday morning. It was they were doing a big run. I think he'd done thirteen k or something like that, and he had a big massive smile on his face. And every one of them around him were all looking at him, saying, "What are you smiling for?" And he just said, "He said, you know what? He said, I'm just so fucking grateful." To, to, to be alive today and to have a, a, a group like he has and who he's with. And he just, John is just, his life has changed dramatically. He just loves the running, keeps him in a good frame of mind. And I'm sorry, why, why, why you were talking about the community? Places like ours, like Cherry Orchard, and a lot of places in Dublin who are run down and all, a lot of young lads wouldn't know where to look for help. Like, me, like you said there about nature. 
it's very, it's very simple, but I think you just have to be guided towards it. Around like you need self care and nature, running, swimming, any type of activity like that, and and probably like the likes of meditation and the likes of just good mindfulness practice. You know, it's so yeah. so important, and it it can just take you out away from the madness of your life and such. You know, if you're going through a bad patch, like. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And you're saying that about the younger lads as well. And I remember at that age, you know, if you, if when I was a younger and you had to tell me, I ah, should fucking, you should go try out running, or go connecting with nature, or go hug a tree, or go for a swim. I tell you where to go, like you know what I mean? Because I just wasn't yeah. there yet, you know. And I had to go down all these, all these roads and all these cul-de-sacs and do that bit of research, you know, do that bit of um, yeah. exploring, you know what I mean, to find that look. No, this isn't the way to go. And you know, it was, it was through that pain that we, we became like, I suppose, open minded enough to, to to come and, and try these other things, you know. And look, I used to need a lot of drink and a lot of drugs to get any sort of peace of mind, you know. Whereas now today, I get it out of a sunrise, I go for a run and, and getting into the sea, you know, these simple, basic things that you had to tell me that a few years ago, I, I, I wouldn't get it at all, like, you know what I mean? And that's, that's yeah. beautiful what you said about your friend John, you know, and I can completely relate to that, you know, where to just the joy of, of just feeling okay and, and feeling a part of something, and feeling like you belong somewhere. And, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing what you've, what, how, you, how you've helped people through through the exercise and the say look you don't have to go down go down this road regardless of where you're from or where how you grew up or your, your childhood or your background or your addictions or your whatever ailment you, you think you have you know that you, yeah. you can there is hope there is a chance to change out there you know but out doubt like it's not only the drink and the drug side of it but even in just society in itself the the I think it's a bit of a journey as well you have to go on, like yours and myself. You know, you have to go on this journey in order to be the person you are today. Which I, I, I look back now and sometimes I, I have a bit of shame attached to it. But deep down inside I know that I wouldn't be the person I am today if I hadn't experienced all that stuff. You know what I mean? And mm. and like like I said there, even if it's not drink or drugs that the problem is, it could be just society, it could be just a bad relationship you're in or something like that. And it is about just getting out there man ask about help as well I always say to people just reach out to somebody have a little chat on the phone yeah. there's always someone there that'll give you a dig out you know and um, yeah society's a mad old thing especially like with all this COVID stuff that's going on now there's a lot of people struggling out there and the way it is yeah. like, and, and I, I don't mean I don't mean this in a bad way but if you sit there and, ex- and, and, and think deep into it you will struggle and you're going to end up worse you kind of have to adapt you kind of have to it is what it is. The virus is there. Life is changing dramatically for everyone. But I think you can make things a little bit easier on yourself if you don't get into that negative frame of mind. Yeah, see, it's all about your... It's all about the frame of mind thing. Like it's like that old story. There's two lads in a prison cell. One of them's out, out looking out the bar, looking out, looking at the mud. The other lads looking out the bar, looking up at the stars. You know what I mean? So it's all about yeah. like how we can frame our mind and. You know, and it's that thing as well. Like if you can fall into the the whole "why me," "why is this happening to me," "why am I feeling like this?" "This isn't fair." You can go down that road, or you can change your mindset to be more like, "Right, what can I do now? What can I do with this?" You know, because yeah. what, what, what I found today, and you talked about it as well. You know, from from like my my hardest battles, you know, my biggest struggles and my my biggest rock bottoms, they were all catalysts for for a change. You know what I mean? They were all 
motivators. They catapulted me into a different... I got something out of everything. If it wasn't a change in mindset or a change of behavior or a change in my lifestyle, you know, that when I look back at my life with all my hardest moments, you know, the, yeah. these were all times where I, I, that triggered a change in my life and a change in my thinking and a change in my perspective, you know what I mean? That we needed to yeah. go down this, 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 these roads in order. And today, I'm, I'm grateful for the simple things because of, of being through it. I know what it's like just to have that race in mind, you know, to have all these new yeah. shiny things around me and still feel depressed. Before, yeah. I wanted a, a successful life, whereas today, I just want a satisfied life because I, when I was chasing yeah. a successful life, I was just chasing what I thought society wanted me to chase, you know, or if I got yeah. this, then people will like me, and then I'll, I'll, I'll like myself. And I went down that road and I felt even more empty but when we started chasing a satisfied life we started to listen to it with my soul listen to my heart and actually listen to what brings me joy and when i started yeah. going that round that's when we started to feel a proper connection and started to feel satisfied without a doubt if you can't if you're not happy and content within yourself money money will will help you probably with certain aspects of your life but if you're not content uh, like there's millionaires out there who are miserable you know what i mean they haven't got like the friendships that they'd like to have, they haven't got the relationships they'd like to have and whatever else. And then, as well as that, they're wasting fucking probably 20 or 30 years to get where they're at. But yeah, just money and immaterial stuff, yes, it's nice to have, you know what I mean? We all like a little bit of bling and we like a nice car and we like everything else. But if you're not happy and content within yourself, I don't think money and all is going to bring it to you because it, it, what'll happen is the, the joy of the purchase is nice and to have it for a couple of weeks. But like then again, then after that, then it just becomes the norm, and then the norm is, you know what I mean? You nearly self care. You need to just keep working on yourself, and that's what sea swimming and sports and and giving yourself them little hoys of nature, and they're all the bits that you need in life. You know what I mean? And be content and happy within yourself. Yeah, too really. And I think it's it's that thing, like all that stuff. It, it is nice to get, but it can it can wear off. It can be like it can be a me. It can be like just looking for gratification you know what i mean just looking for something quick to make us feel okay but then it fades away but you know if we can like look like, and that gives me the happy can take away the happy so if i put my sense of self-worth into this brand new car this brand new jacket or whatever it is when that gets yeah. older that wears off i'll no longer be happy look like, you know what i mean because i'm giving me power to this external object but if we can put my form of happiness into as you said them simple things you know what i mean like being able yeah. to go for the swim or out for a runner being able to just connect with nature and you know because i know deep down i'll always be an addict to the car i'll always be extreme you know i'll always look for a buzz it doesn't matter if it's drink drugs or fig rolls you know i'll always yeah. look for the buzz out or something like you know what i mean yeah. and, I try, I try and channel that into into the swimming and into the running, like you know. The hundred percent, like even like for me, that we're just now they are talking, just something came to mind there. Like a year or two, I would have been like I, I work part time as the running coach, you know what I mean? Which is it's brilliant, right? You know, and I love my job and I love helping people. But because it's part time, it's not going to pay the bills like to the way to the to the way I like it and to you know what I mean to keep me me head above water consistently. But over the last year or two. I always remember saying to myself, oh, if I had this and I had that, I'd be happy. And yet now, right, I'm about to start, things are starting to work out of a couple of, one or two little small businesses I'm at the start. And, and things are things are really good in my life, you know what I mean? But I still have them down days. And it's when I when I take my eye off the ball with self-care and, and not going for my sea dips and, and not going for my runs and, and not doing my meditation. Like, I still probably, you know what I mean? I'd say, I'd, I know for a fact I'd still start to feel down again, you know what I mean? It's like anyone. It's, it's like yeah. the money and all. Yeah, it's, it's 
nice to have, but you, you do have to be careful. You need to look after your mental health no matter what comes, you know. And all, yeah. all them bleeding little things all help. Yeah, but hundred percent. But it's like it's like your mental health. It, it's like anything that takes weight and so like, it's like your fitness. If you don't look after your fitness, or if you don't look after your hygiene, or if you don't look after fucking your your money affairs, or don't look after cleaning a house, your car, you know, event or your garden. You know, all these things will get out of hand if you're not attending to it on a regular basis. And it's the same as yeah. our, our mental health. Like you know what I mean? That if we're not whatever it is, if it, if it's meditating or doing that bit of journaling. You know, or writing a gratitude list, you know, whatever it is that gives you that sense of kind of a sense of peace, you know, that can that, that works for your mind, you know, and that that's what it's all about because it, it's not just about looking after one aspect. Like the thing I always really focus on that someone taught me is pious. So what that stands for is it's P O E S, which which is your physical health, which is a gun for your run and eating well and sleeping well, your intellectual health, which is reading a book or learning something you didn't know yesterday. Um, uh, your emotional health. So sitting with your feelings. You know, what what are you feeling today? You're feeling anxiety. You're feeling joy. You're feeling low. You're feeling high. To sit with it and put it like say what what is it? Because before I'd never sit with feelings. I was always always out the door if I got a feeling. You know what I mean? I couldn't sit with it. Yeah. I couldn't sit with myself. And slowly and getting the getting the grips with sitting them sitting with them feelings. And then the last one is S for quiet. So my spiritual health and that could be just meditating or just being in the present moment. And yeah. you know, if we try and get all these four things in balance, I generally feel okay, like you know. Without a doubt, and that's a great way to look at it. You know what I mean? You have to. It's like the circle of life. You know, if you just uh, a lot of the, a lot of life coaches um, would do this with you, where you you draw a circle. You know what I mean? And then you the, the, whether it's the finances, the spiritual, the fitness, and the family's relationships and all. If you if one of them is off the Richter scale, you know what I mean, or a nine or a ten, and the rest of them aren't in balance with that. It, that's when you can start getting problems. You know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. like a bit of balance of all aspects of your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the, the, touching on, sorry, touching on the spiritual side of things. A lot of people like for me, my dad died when I was what we were six, seven years of age when he passed away from alcoholism, and I believed and hated God. Like since then, I said, what type of fucking God is he? That's taking him away, leave me ma with not a pot to piss in and three fucking boys, you know? And boy, yeah. God, I tell you. We, which I caused me mad a few quid to feed us. We ate like fucking horses. But um, <laughs> the thing was, like, I, I had a had a horrible relationship with God. But but now I don't look at God as a figure. I don't look at him as a symbol or anything like that. I just look at as, as a creator out there, and there's something in the universe. Don't know what it is until we meet it or whatever. But like, you still have to have a little belief in spirituality or a little bit of a belief that there's something greater than you out there, and which we are. I, I yeah. firmly believe there is something greater than us. And like I say, I, I, I meditate not every morning. Sometimes I heard, I think it was your good friend, yeah, Pat Dively was talking about um, where an incident, uh, is it, what's it, where an instant something, whenever there's a bad something bad happening, we meditate. Well, that'd be probably me. You know what I mean? But he, he was saying that you should meditate maybe on a smaller scale regularly. You know what I mean? Um, Meditation is so powerful if you can get into it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I suppose it's finding your own form of meditation, you know, um, if it's sitting down with yourself, there's loads of apps you can find. I could be just going for a walk and just being present and just noticing everything around you, you know? Um, just just being in, in, intuitively present in the moment, like um, and I I struggled to meditate for a long time, like you know, and I just Same. doing little doing like just focus on my breaths, you know, uh, and just I know when I do, I, I generally 
I generally do feel better, you know, makes it makes things a lot more manageable. And yeah, like you with the spirituality stuff, you know, I wasn't uh I wasn't I was like a nine 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 god man, you know, when I was in trouble, I'd be like, please God, get me out of this and I'll never drink again or I'll never do that again. And as soon as I'm out of dodge, you know, straight back to the old me and uh, and then yeah. as I got older, I, I kind of just I just yeah, I just my, my, I just oh, never took to religion, you know, we never took to obedience or, or authority. I used to go the opposite way, you know, and then as I got older, I just, someone just said to me, look, if you can find your own concept and your own understanding, and today I just know my own kind of understanding is just the, the, the nature, you know, and, and I'm connected with the sea and, you know, and just, just doing that kind of works with me. I get, I get a sense of something deeper or, or greater than me when I'm in the sea or when I'm out in nature or I'm going for them runs and, you know, and that, that satisfies my heart and that's... Uh, and I like, don't need to overcomplicate or overanalyze. I just I keep it simple like that, like, you know? Yeah, I remember reading, I think it was, what's his name? Eric Eric Howell, is or something like that? The Power and yeah. Now. And, and I, I laughed at that because I remember a couple of months ago I was in the sea and I thought to myself, if there was ever a time you were in the present moment was when you get into that cold water. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it, but, it, nature, it's such a powerful thing, you know? It's, it's amazing, like. Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing about the sea, you know, it just brings you into the present moment where you're not thinking, like, you could have a million worries going through your head. Jeez, how am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to sort out the tax? You know, how am I going to fucking, you know, uh, email me boss or whatever could be yeah. going on? And you get in the sea and you just kind of realise nothing is really that important. And when you look at the stars and you realise how small you are in the whole universe, you know, we're just floating in space, aren't we? And we can make our and we can make our lives just get so complicated in our heads. And we see how simple nature is. You know, nature yeah. is like this this big, beautiful mess. Like, you know, like there's no orders in the star, everything's all over the place, the clouds are all different shapes, and you, you just see this natural sense of beauty. But then with humans, we just, we just overanalyze stuff and get so complicated. So when we keep I learn so much from nature, you know, even even I go for a walk now in the in the woods. And you'd see all these different trees, they're all, some are tall, some are small, some are thick, you know, some are skinny, but you'd all look at them as absolutely perfect, you wouldn't judge them, you know, but then when yeah. we start looking at humans, we start to judge, you know, we can be like, oh, they're tall, they're short, they're thick, they're skinny, whatever, you know, and it can straight away, so how can we look and if we can learn to like look at humans the same way we look at in nature with no judgment, you know, yeah. we oh, I, I feel that uh, it's just if we, if we learn so much from nature, it doesn't speak any words, but it's probably the best teacher out there. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I remember camping even years ago, even when I was kind of probably dabbling with a bit of weight or whatever. But it was the only time where, and, and like I said to you before, I was caught up in gang culture and all sorts of shit. And I used to go camping. And I always remember the phone wouldn't work with down in Glen Malore where we used to go. And I always remember thinking to myself, man, there's something special about this. I, I was totally at ease, looking into a fire for probably four or five hours, you know what I mean, through the night. And then, and like you talked about stars there, I remember my uncle, we used to pull the bed out from the tent and we'd lie on the blade and blow up bed and just look at the stars. And you could, you could be looking at them for an hour or two and just in pure serenity, calmness. And that's where, that's where the power of nature is. And it's hard for people to grasp it because... Like you said there, they're caught up in society, they have the bills, they have all the different shit and this, that and the other. But like, and, and some people will probably say to me and you, like, or that's listening to this, they'll probably say, oh, but it's all right for you, things are going well for you and this, that and the other. What I'd say to that is, is like, make a little small change, you know what I mean? Like, your conscious, your conscious mind, like, you, you know yourself where you're going wrong in life. 
And you know the reasons why your life is going down the drain. A lot of us do. But whether it's subconsciously in the back of our head and it just pops in every now and again, like, it just all it takes is some little, small, tiny little change. It doesn't have to be massive. So, for instance, if you're, if you're arguing with your board all the time because of your actions with drink and drugs and what have you, we know then, right, it's probably time to get clean, you know what I mean, and, mm-hmm. and, and to iron them little things out. But it's about tiny little changes and mm-hmm. just trying your best to fucking, just to, yeah, like, I, I always remember when, when I was doing things wrong. And it was only when I got clean and then I'm going to start becoming a nicer person and, and doing good for people. I always remember even when I was caught up in crime and I was doing fucking nasty shit that I knew I was wrong. And I remember distinctly saying to myself, this is not right, Ken. What you're doing here is not right. But yeah, I'll justify it because of the, maybe it was the pack mentality or whatever it was with and, and all that. But I used to always just say, no, this is fucking not proper fucking human being stuff to be doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I can hundred percent identify with that. You know that, uh, like, like, like that. You know that, like, for me, it was about making like them small changes that would last. You know, because a lot of the time we want to change our whole life today. We want to sort our whole lives out today. And we make all these drastic changes, and it's it the and the big instant changes never last. You know, it's the it's the it's the subtle subtle changes to say, right? If I was to say, if you were to write a story on your life. And you were to name every chapter for every five years of your life. And then you were to think yourself, right, from today till next year, what story do I want to tell people? What do I want to be able to tell Ken about myself this time? So, yeah, Ken, look, we've knocked the, the drink on the head or the drugs on the head. Or Ken, we've done an Ironman or I've done a marathon or we've done, I went for the sea dip for the first time. Or Ken, yeah. you know, what, what do I want to be able to tell people? You know what I mean? And a lot of the time... Um, it's just coming to terms with, 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 with whatever the ailment is to say that look, this is this drink is an issue for me, or the drugs are an issue, or me, or I'm not happy with the way my weight is, I'm not happy with the way my mental health is. That only yeah. we have the power to change that, you know. So it's about saying, is this going to be one day or is it going to be day one? To say, right, yeah. today I'm going yeah. to take that action today, I'm gonna, I want to change this today, I'm not happy with the way things are. And the sad thing is, a lot of the times that. Usually it's when the pain of changing get sorry, when the pain is staying the same, it gets worse than the pain of changing, or the fear of staying the same gets worse than the fear of changing. That's when we yeah. change. We, we don't need to go down to we don't have to hit that rock bottom away for the fire alarm to go out to change, you know. But the sad thing is that a lot of people would have to have to wait to hit that rock bottom before they change it. Yeah, hundred percent. Like for me it was rock bottom, you know what I mean? And and that that's what caught, made me change. <clears throat> and like, we, like I said, like we, we, I, I knew I had to change for, for my daughter's sake, for my own mental state as well. I mean, for me, like I would have been gone around a bleeding addict for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? But it is sad to think that we, we have to hit rock bottom before we do change. You know what I mean? And, and like some people out there that are probably they're not hitting rock bottom, but they know they're living, living a miserable existence when they're on drink or drugs. Like anyone that says it, and, and it, it's mad. Like, uh, I'm not sure which, which podcast I was listening to, but you're saying the weirdest thing is, I think it was Dr. Your man Zach Bush, he's bleeding brilliant, he is. But he was saying, like, it's weird because we dampen, we, when, when we're sad, we go and take drink, or we go out and drink, you know what I mean, and whatever else. And yeah, when we get a, a promotion in the job or something exciting happens, we go and drink as well. You know what I mean? It's like we said, we love just stimulants as such, you know what I mean? And, and fucking dampening the good feelings of nature and, 
Or your natural way of thinking, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. And, and just our inability to just sit with feelings as well. Like if I'm feeling high and feeling low, look, if I'm feeling bad, when I, I always wanted to get away from that. So I'd use a drink or a drug. But then when I'm feeling high, I always wanted to enhance it. So I'd use a yeah. drink or a drug, like, you know what I mean? So it's like me either getting away from the bad emotions or trying to multiply the good emotions, like, you know what I mean? It's that there's no balance, yeah. It's it's crazy, isn't it? The way we we react, you know. And like like you said, there it's so hard to sit with yourself. And I think meditating will will help you with that a little bit. You know what I mean? And yeah. and it's not easy, like cause I, like you said there about meditation. I, I found it very hard. And then the same, some days I, I just have a bad day and I'm I'm medgy all day and I'm not right. My head's doing overtime and and that's when the, yeah. I always go for a run. Running is like therapy as well for me, you know. Yeah. Hundred percent, and I, I for years I struggled, especially after I put down the drink. I really struggled to just sit with Colum and get to know Colum. You know, always constantly on the go, and I was always doing something. I was always around people. I was always busy. I couldn't just sit still for a moment. You know, I went from a human being to a human doing. You know, my way of my way of fucking coping was just constantly being busy. You know, and uh, slowly I was able to just sit with those emotions, those emotions that I used to try and numb. You know, because that's how I was brought up as a kid. You know, I was never told how to what this emotion is, or how to. Or you weren't allowed to be sad. You weren't allowed to cry. You weren't allowed to be. You're, or you're a sore loser. But you're not. You're not. You're allowed to be sad for losing, or you're a cry baby, or you're not allowed to cry if you're upset. You know, and all these. So we went. I got, I got, so I went along with all this. You know what I mean? And it was only when I was an adult that I actually wanted to feel my feelings. And sit with me emotions and say, look, it's all right to feel highs and it's all right to feel lows. It's all part of the the human spectrum. Like, and even being angry, I thought how we express anger is you slam doors and you shout the loudest or you punch walls. You have to like when you're feeling angry, everyone yeah. had to knew you're you're angry. Whereas today it's just like you can feel angry, but you don't have to react out on it. You don't exactly. have to react. Exactly. You can just if you're feeling a sort of way. Like, how do you respond to it? You know what I mean? Like you said, do you go out for a run? Do you sit with it? Do you want to meditate into it? Do you want to feel it? What Do you, do you want to know what's triggering it? You know, and sometimes it's just when we sit with things, we actually get to know it and say, all oh, right, this is why I'm doing that. Or this is why I'm doing this. You know, that we don't give ourselves enough time to actually sit down and feel our feelings. It's it's crazy that they don't even learn stuff like that for kids in school around emotions. And I know sometimes a kid's brain probably couldn't take it in and whatnot. But like, even for me, like today, I, I, I think I'm in a great space around like capturing the thought or capturing the emotion and the thoughts, you know what I mean? Or sorry, with the, catching the thought first before it turns into an emotion and then an action. So yeah. what I always try to do is, say for instance, if someone cuts across you in traffic, you know what I mean? And start beating the horn or shouting at you, you know what I mean? You can react the same way. But I always try to ask myself, right, is it going to solve the situation? Or is it going to, am I doing this just to get back at him? Is it going to resolve or make it worse? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's about that little spot in the middle between um, your thoughts and your actions, you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when there's emotions attached to it. Yeah, but and, and I like what you said at the start of the podcast. So when you're motivating people to run, like think, how will you feel after it? And, and that's why I, I, I play that type for. If I react here, if I, if I give this fella a piece of my mind, or you know, how will I feel after that? Because I know today, I just don't get away with being uh, being that bleeding loudmouth or being the Mister Angry or being fed, shout, shout me mouth off. You know, my, my conscience won't let me away with it. If I had an argument with someone now, I probably wouldn't sleep for a day or a half because. I'm in my head saying I should have said this or why did I say that or I should have, I, the next time we see him I'll say this, he'll say that. I'm having these imaginary conversations in my head, you know what I mean? But yeah. I, I, I generally, if I walk slow and talk low 
and try to go from A to B without having a negative impact on anyone's life today. I sleep better at night. You know, I'm allergic to anger. I'm allergic. Like, you don't have to get angry to, and be like, and not be, a, and to be, people think you are, if I'm not angry, I'm not being a doormat. So you can still be assertive and not be aggressive. Like, you know what I mean? You can still stand up for yourself and not like, I find that when, when I explode or when I overreact, it's because I'm carrying around something that's been bothering me. And I'm not dealing yeah. with it, feeling my emotions, you know. And when you see them people overreacting in the cars, you know, sometimes it's just they could be going through a really shitty day or they, they're carrying around stuff. And I find that, you know, that it's like that old saying, you know, hurt people, hurt people. You know, when you come across encounter someone today yeah. who, who may be quite rude to you or quite aggressive, they, you don't know what they're going through, you know what I mean? You don't know what stuff they're carrying. And you, yeah. by you just walking away and not reacting, and you have maybe you have the tools there to deal with your emotions. Some people haven't got that luxury. Some people have never been taught that, you know. And what what, what helps me a lot is so just to have try and have compassion for people who might be going through that. But at the, but at the same time, not being a dharma and not letting people walk all over me, 100%. but also have an understanding that some people you don't know where other people are at in their in their emotional health, you know. Yeah. It takes years of practice as well. Like oh, you don't yeah. just you don't just turn around and think, "Oh, you're great." Like, oh, you're, you know what I mean? Oh, I'd love to be like him. He's so calm. He's so collective and stuff like that. Like, I I be honest with you, I was a cunt years ago, and I, I was a real angry person because of of past traumas I went through, not only with drugs but with relationships and stuff. And it took a long time. Like, I went. I remember ringing up counselors and stuff. I went and seeing them, and and I, and then they they told me the tools to use, and they said, right try this try that and whatever but i practiced it and i got up every day and says right i'm not basically i'm not going to be a cunt today and i'm not going <laughs> to you know what i mean i don't mean to use the pad me it's me my hate that word she'd always give it out to me saying that like that but, but <laughs> it's about it, it it is about practicing being a nice person you know what i mean it's yeah. about not don't label people you know what i mean it doesn't matter what type of race what type of sexuality or what they are as a human being like just respect their their way you know what i mean and and yeah, yeah just you really have to practice being a nice person in order for it to become natural to you and, and easy, you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's the only, the only reason I know this stuff now is because of all the wrong uh, decisions I've made, where I did react and how I felt, and I've done it a million times, where I did react and I did fucking throw me rattle out of the pram and I felt shit after it, and I had to do it a million times before I started to think, Right, there has yeah. to be another way here. I don't, I don't have to react, like you know what I mean. And uh, and like that as well, you know. I, I was just a ball of anger before, and I, I never, and I never knew why, you know what I mean. And I never knew why. And uh, it was like that, just constantly going around judging and being, being ungrateful. And I want this, and I want that, and the world's a load of. And when I start, when I started to look at things differently, you know what I mean. And I heard that one. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, like you know what I mean. To try and have a different day. Uh, a different That's a powerful quote as well. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a uh, Mar, Mar I, can't, I can't. I think Alan Watts said it. But uh, yeah. you know, and it's uh, and it's changing me feel like uh, changing me thoughts as well. Like you know what I mean? Because you know, like when uh, thoughts create our feelings, and our feelings create our behaviors. You know what I mean? So yeah. going on around with negative thoughts all the time, you know, I'm gonna eventually have negative feelings, and that's gonna need to negative behavior and what i found today is that i can't control what thoughts come in and out of my head but i can control how much energy and and uh, time our time and focus i give to them you know what i mean that yeah. they float in and they float out you know what i mean it's like um 
If I don't anything that we give energy to, it's gonna grow. The same way with me thoughts. If I'm having all these negative thoughts, Jesus, oh, what does Ken think of me? He probably thinks I'm a I'm a dope and you know, and I'm focusing on this and I start to believe it and the bit and it starts to grow, it starts to grow. But if I had it, that thought came into my head and then I'd not give any attention to it and let it flow yeah. out. You know what I mean? And uh, to try and just spot this, because it's, it's hard. It takes years of practice to spot this thinking, you know what I mean? To try yeah. and change, like, harmful or dysfunctional or self-defeating, like, thoughts and behaviours and, and try and replace them with, 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 with you know, positive beliefs and, and, and try and support that thoughts that kind of support our growth. And uh, But as well, it's it's a recovery process, not just recovering, say, from addiction, but recovering from a, a mental health. And usually mental health is... Is it, for me, and anyway, it was me using uh, me using tools that won't serve me. Maybe as a child growing up in an alcoholic home, or maybe growing up in a dysfunctional home, or maybe just growing up with my mad head or mad uh, yeah. mad thinking. That the, I needed whoever in my house, like whoever shouted the loudest, won the argument. Or you, when you're coming yeah. home, you didn't know what you were going to expect, so you're thinking worst case scenarios all the time. But then, as an adult, them tools no longer serve me, but I was still using them. Whoever talks aloud wins this argument. Or are we going into work thinking the worst case scenario? So we have to learn to drop these these tools that no longer serve me. And usually that's where, where mental health uh, goes wrong, is that we have these thinking processes that just aren't beneficial anymore. They might have been beneficial at some point, but we, they're not useful anymore. And it's like that, um, you know, same way as we're an appendix, you know, we have an appendix. But it's it's useless. It's just and it can potentially cause us harm. So it's about learning that, that about our thoughts to say, really, why do we think the way I think? Is this serving me? Is this empowering me? And if it's not, how can I look about changing it? Like, yeah, yeah, it's mad. You touched on it there about even um, past traumas is a is a big one as well. Yeah, that you carry on and into your adult life with behaviours and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But I think that's that that comes. That always comes out when you go to counselling and stuff. You know what I mean. So mm-hmm. it might not be drinking drugs that has you the way you are. Like it could be a, a traumatic experience as a kid that you like that's stuck in the back of your mind and it's been proven. Like that. That's I. I think personally with the trauma of my dad dying and my ma being left with the three boys with no money, no no. That's what turned us to crime and that yeah. that's where I. That's where my traumas I think start. So it's something that some people should look look back on as well and say, look, is is that the cause and. You know what I mean? But again, it's about just reaching out and getting help when you're struggling with a lot of that stuff, you know? Yeah, and, see, and that's the hard bit, you know what I mean? To, to be able to go back and look... We're trying to block, brush this stuff under the carpet for for years. Well, you know, I did. I had to go back and uh, do that bit of work and look at look, uncover this this stuff that uh, I had in the back of my head, you know? And then when I was able to go back and have a look at that stuff, because under, underneath it all, like I think Gabor Mate, he's, he's like the feckin', he's a specialist on addiction, he said that uh, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of addiction usually stems from uh, some trauma in our lives, you know what I mean, some childhood trauma, you know, and yeah. learning to go into that inner child and just say, look, the war is over, you know, you can take off the war, but you're, you're safe now, and, and constantly, constantly trying to nurture uh, that that inner child, and a lot of people listen to that and go, "Here, this is all Mumbo Jumbo. This is for the birds." Like, but it's, it's, it's so true. Yeah, it is, and it took me a long time to get my head around it to kind of go back to the past. And and when again, what we are talking about when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. You had asked me a few years ago about my childhood. I tell you, oh, geez, I had a very challenging childhood. If you ask yeah. me now, 
Pues hello, look, I had a, I had a, an unreal childhood because I, me, I moved around a lot as a kid. You know, I remember we moved and I was lived in a lot. I was in a lot of different schools. You know, my mom was a, a geographical mover. She was the type that goes off. We move out to that house over there. Things would be much better. So we, we moved from house to house to house to house because the next house is going to solve everything. Like, and uh, I remember going into all these different schools as a kid. And I remember walk, I went to this, uh, so I moved out of Dublin, went to this school in uh, in Wexford and in the middle of an hour in Ballygarda. And I remember all these kids used to slag me and we were like, oh, this fella is from Dublin. I bet, you, I bet he's on heroin and I bet you robs cars. And I remember thinking, hey, I'm only fucking eight years old, like, you know. Yeah. And then I go back up to my friends then in Dublin and visit them at the weekends and stay my dad's. And I remember all day he used to slag me, oh, no, here's the culture now, here's the bogger, you know, because we moved down to Wexford. So right. <laughs> I didn't fit in anywhere. But from moving into all, from doing all that moving around, you know, I've developed great uh, emotional and uh, communication intelligence in terms of being able to talk and through conversations and this curiosity to explore and see new things and fit in places and you know and, and i wouldn't have developed any of them, them things if we hadn't had the childhood that i had and you said yeah. at the start you know if it wasn't for the childhood or the past that you had you wouldn't have been where you are today if you hadn't went through them struggles would you have went on to open up that um open up the running club, you know what I mean? And look at how that that positive ripple effect. Yeah, there's, there's a negative ripple effect of active addiction or, you know, but there's also a positive ripple effect of active recovery, you know? Yeah. And I think, again, this is our, our biggest struggles or our biggest tr crisis can be a transition. You know, in every crisis, there's a transition and in every kind of, you know, in every struggle, there's, there's hope and there's a massive ripple effect. And this is what I love about your story is that how you turned the turn a negative into a massive positive that had such a positive impact on so many people and not only the people like out of the clothes but the family of the people like out of the clothes you know and uh, well, yeah. like, you know? what the thing and the thing about it is like it's it, we were only talking about this a day or two ago like it, the, the, what we created here in Cherry Orchard right, is brilliant and it's super for their area being the area that it is but like it's just that the, because of my the, the social media aspect of it because I, I, I love posting my stuff because I knew people like to see themselves out running and I knew it was a kind of a, a, a little bit of a le what's the word a lever to get people in you know what I mean into the club come on yeah. everyone runs if we put up on Facebook we can do this so we used that to my advantage because I, I wanted to get people into the club obviously and to, for them to experience what you can get out running and now it's just like, we have lads there, I, I went, I had done a podcast with the Inner City Running Club, but they said to me, goes, when we seen what you created up there, we wanted to bring that into the Inner City. Then we have the Clondalk and Flyers, another group of lads that started up, we have Bonog Running Club, we have the Crumlin Running Club, there's uh, two clubs in Blanche who have helped out. So it's like, and then there's the, there's the Trotters down in the bottom of Addy Farm, we started out, they started out running with us years ago. And then they have to have their own little bit as well. But it's like something like eight or nine different running groups all around the city now because of what we started up here, you know? That's I, I just I, I get a fucking, I get a great buzz now and that I've, I've helped, like, even if I haven't helped, I've inspired them because I helped a lot of them, but not, not all the clubs, but I've inspired them to start their own running club, encourage people out to run and, and just, yeah, just, it's fucking, it's an amazing experience. You will not, you know, I kind of like, I'm passionate about running for the reason of, not only for helping me get clean and to stay on the path that I'm on, but like t t my brain function has changed, my whole outlook on life has changed. The the positivity that's like you said with family members, people see 
someone doing so well with a glow on their face and they're saying, what the fuck have they got, man? And yeah. All they have is just a good run three, four times a week and it can change our whole life, you know what I mean? Oh, and, and see, that's the thing, you know, it's the attractiveness of, like, people would have seen you maybe back in the day, back in the old day, or back, 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 back in the world, you were in your old behaviours, and then they see you now, and they're going to say, jeez, what have you done? I want I want a bit of that, you know what I mean? I want a bit of what you've done. When people can physically see the change in you, you can tell, you can talk to the birds, come home to some people, but when people yeah. actually see... Jesus, how you've changed. They'll, they'll, like, they'll say, hey, I want some of that. Like, if we met a mate down the road that lost like 20 stone, I'd be saying, hey, what, what are you doing? Tell me, because I can see the proof. I can see it in your own eyes. I can see the evidence of what you're doing is working. And then you start to gravitate towards that because if you see a, a change that's beneficial and attractive, you know, you're yeah, going to want that, you know, and it's not that thing that good vibes attract, good, uh, good vibes attract good tribes. It's mad to touch on that. Like the, the people I to be around now, it's like the, the the vibrations you send out, and you know the way people say, like you attract, like you know what I mean. If you're a negative fucker and you and you're constantly giving out, and you're constantly bitching. The bitches and the negative fuckers are gonna want to be around you. Yeah, you know like I mean? attracts like. Yeah, and then like it's, for me, the changes happened the last couple of years. Like as I said, I'm clean a long time, but the changes with myself around becoming a fucking more. How how it was just more that ease with me own life because <clears throat> the negativity was killing me, the resentments were killing me. There was a lot of stuff going on in my life that I held on to for years, but now that I've let it all go, I'm on this uh, like a spiritual little journey and stuff like that. The people that I'm linked in with, like even meeting yourself, Colin, and like loads of other people in the sea dipping community and the meditation world and the yogas and different things like that like we're all at the coming together for a reason it's because we're sending out a vibration that's bringing us all together and we just we just love life like to, it's it's mad like i know people say oh, yeah loving life but i genuinely am and i do have my bad days don't get me wrong but like the, the best part of them you know what i mean my worst yeah. day now my worst day now was like my best day when i was fucking in addiction like you know what i mean yeah. if that makes sense does it but isn't it crazy just to even feel a bad day? Like, I could never sit with a bad day. I was constantly trying to control how I felt by using substances. And now yeah. you can even like, feel a bad day, to feel your feelings, to feel both ends of the human emotional spectrum, you know what I mean? That I'm not constantly running away, that I'm so blessed that I can even sit with my feelings today, to sit with how I feel and do this constant self-examination to say, right, I'm feeling like this. What's my motive behind this? Why do I want to do this? What am I trying to prove? Am I trying to prove myself to other people? You know, yeah. and, and constantly ratting on myself to see what, what, why I'm doing what I'm doing, like, you know what I mean? And yeah. and, 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 and it's a beautiful place to be, as you talked about, the, the well-being and, and, the, and the self-care, you know, and saying that, right, why am we off today? And so I heard a great one is halt, like hungry, angry, lonely, tired. That's what halt stands for. And usually if I'm off, it's usually one of them four things. You know, I'm hungry, I'm not eating right, I'm angry, I'm not sitting with my anger, I'm not sitting with my emotions, there's something bothering me, I'm lonely, you know, and loneliness, loneliness is nothing to do with the, having people around you. Loneliness is more about connection, you know. You can be alone and not feel lonely, you know what I mean? When I'm yeah. longing for something, I'm usually lonely. If I only have this or if I only have her, if I only live there, if I only can do this, then I'll be happy. And that's what loneliness is, when we have an empty void in us. That we're yeah. not feeling with healthy things, you know, and uh, and the last one is tired, and that's something that I really struggle with. I struggle to rest, you know what I mean? Right, I, really, right. I, I, I really struggle to sit down and relax and say, right, I only went for a run 
yesterday or only done this and, and just learning to sit down and rest and, and let the body recover because I yeah. can find that I can burn out and usually my anxiety stems from a place of exhaustion you know it's my brain and my body's way of saying here I need a rest you know and I'm, I'm getting good at listening to my body I wonder, I wonder is that, like, I, and I've heard this before in addiction circles, but I wonder is that is because of our recovering addicts and stuff and recovering from alcoholism, is it is that why we can't sit easy? Like, because I, I could be, like, you're just ringing bells there with me as I was talking. Like, <clears throat> my day, it was my day off today, and now I was kept busy, you know what I mean? But still, I, I find that if I don't have something in place, you know what I mean? I find that I can get an- anxious, I can get a little bit pissed off. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, when I meditate now, in fairness, when I meditate, it sort of grounds me a little bit. But is that just us? Is it? As like, you know what I mean? As addicts, like sometimes I ask myself that question: Why can't yeah. we just chill out, not go running? Do you know what I mean? Because I find it hard to rest sometimes, and I think that's why I got into so much endurance sports. And um, was because I couldn't sit down. I was just hyper and all. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's hard to deal. But no, I can, I can hundred percent relate to that. You know, I'm at my best when I'm kind of always always going like what someone says as me me being extreme someone yeah. else's extreme is my normal like you know what i mean yeah. the, the, in me and I, I just get a sense of comfort out of it like you know what i mean but again there's different strokes for different folks and my thing today is if i'm doing something and i'm not harming myself and i'm not yeah. harming other people that then yeah. that's okay like you know what i mean that i don't have to i don't have to uh, beat myself up for, for it either and it'd be able to kind of just check in and listen to me body and say, look, am I tired? Do I need a rest? You know what I mean? Because yeah. I got such a joy and a passion out of doing that running or out of, out of like being whatever it is, you know, uh, to swimming or whatever, you know. But yeah. as well, I'll always be an addict to the car. I'll always have this little, little gear with me for a, for a bit of crack or for a buzz. So yeah. try and just channel it into something positive. Into something you know? positive. And yeah. I like that. Since I was a kid, I always had this energy. You know, I always got me, my mum bring me around. We're getting into trouble in school because I couldn't sit still. My mum bring me into psychologist when I was a little kid and be like, I'd be diagnosed ADHD and OCD and BBC and BB3, <laughs> you know. All these labels growing on me. But right. as I got older, I'm just realising that I just have a lot of energy, you know, and I have a lot of passion. Yeah. And if we can channel that into helping people and doing yeah. positive and sending out positive vibes, then that that's a good thing to do, like. Hundred percent, I agree with you. It's and like like you said there, it's about like if you're not harming anyone and like you know what I mean. The only like the only harm you're gonna deal with, but for me and anyway, as me injuries, I always end up running too far or doing too yeah. much. And, but deep deep down, I remember I was out in Kerry that time and I ran for thirty eight hours, I think it was, and we were running along. And one of the lads said to me, he "Goes, why do we do shit like this, Ken?" And I, and I, I turned around and said to myself, I said, you know why? I said, because for 26 or 38 hours, it says, I am in bliss. I'm away from all my worries. Yeah. I'm away from all the madness of society. I'm away from drink, drugs or whatever. But I just, I find that I find this flow in running. That just brings mm. me into a whole different blade and parallel. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a whole way of thinking. It's a beautiful thing. I love, I call it the uh, flow. And it's like meditating or yoga, but... When I'm running, I get the similar feeling, and I can just yeah. I can run for fucking hours. You know what I mean? And I want to make good space. Yeah, I love that. Like, hundred percent. Like, I for my running, I had to look at me. Like, I love running, and but there was a time when it was very, I had a very unhealthy relationship with it because I was putting myself at risk because I was, you know, I was doing, I was still running, and I remember, I remember doing it over a place of low self esteem where I was trying to prove myself worth you know what i mean and i remember i had this real negative baseline about myself i don't know where to stem from 
I spent me most of my life trying to disprove this negative image of myself, you know, and it's like, oh, look what I can do, or do you like me now, will you accept me now? And then yeah. when I started to do this sort of run, and oh, if I do this run, then I'll be, then I'll be worried, if I do this marathon, then they'll accept me, and, you know, and I had to examine what he was like doing it, to, to, like, like, it, like for me, and, and then when I was able to see that, look, I'm good enough as I am, I'm worried as I am, regardless of what I do on the external, I'm good enough as I am, you know, and when I was able to do that bit of work on myself, it completely changed my relationship with running, that I actually, I started to enjoy it, it wasn't for expectation, it wasn't killing myself, look, <laughs> like, I got hyperthermia there, if, if, I was trying for the Ironman, and you know, getting hyperthermia and all was very yeah, humbling, yeah, like you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I remember that that was very humbling. And just to be able to kind of say, Roy, Roy, do I need to take, do I need to kind of take, like just take a little step back and just examine what's my motives here? Because I think what's very important to have goals, because I don't think it's important about achieving the goals, because I think the purpose of the goal is the, how the journey that we get there, the journey, how, how we get motivated. Because there's one thing that's worse than never getting what you want, and that's getting everything that you want. Because if we have everything that we want, so what's left. We've nothing left. We've no purpose. We've no goal. We've no meaning. You know, I was watching this, uh, watching this short film, and it's about this fella. He's playing, he's playing roulette, and uh, he, all his numbers. Every time he picked a number, the ball landed on it, and he kept winning every single time. And he was thinking, "Geez, am I in heaven?" But then he slowly, re- then he soon realised he was in hell because every time he was winning, and that buzz and the excitement and the sense of achievement just went. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and if you had this magic genie around you saying, what do you want? I want to run this fast. I want this much money. I want to be able to feckin', you know, I want to live here. I want to go there. I want to go here. And everything was just get there, handed to you. You, you have no need to struggle or, 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 sorry, no need to hustle or no need to work or no need to, for purpose or meaning. And you'd be like, so that's, and there's nothing more depressing than not having a sense of purpose or something to strive yeah. for. So I think the main, the main thing about a goal is having a bit of direction, like, you know? I agree, mate, 100%. And it's funny that you touched on the subject of having a purpose. I think it was on Joe Rogan, I heard him saying that one of the happiest people he's ever had in the show had, had met, sorry, or he asked someone, one of his guests, he said, who was the happiest person you've ever met or who was the happiest person you've ever met? And he goes, the happiest person I've ever met, he said, was a guy that he said he was the, I think he was the, the caretaker of a big manor. And he looked after the lawns and he looked after the flowers and he looked after the whole place and he every morning he'd be weeding the plants and doing the things. But then he said he said the rabbits used to fucking come up and wreck his lawn and wreck his this, that and the other, you know. Hmm. And he said he said he said his purpose every day after doing all his chores around the place then was to go out and and shoot the rabbits, right? <laughs> and it was just funny, but he said it, he goes he goes, This guy had no other life but getting up obviously caring for the lawn, doing all his bits. And that was his purpose. And he said that one of the most important things in life is having a purpose. And that's what will keep you content. It'll keep you happy and, yeah. and driven as well, you know. And I think I think that that's what played a big part in my life. Because I remember even dreaming about having... Like, I started running, obviously. And I used to dream about, Jason, imagine having a running club and imagine being able to teach kids how to run and this. And that came through for me, like... And I remember mm-hmm. I thought it was like a deja vu moment where we have got kids groups now. We've beginners. We've all sorts of crews there and... That was my purpose. My purpose now is to keep this running club going, keep it running. Now, as I said to you, it's only part-time, but I'm so passionate about it. It does mm. keep me driven from one day to the other. 
Now, we do have to yeah. step back away at times and say, right, the running club is the running club, but your private life as well has to be a little bit separate. And I can't get engrossed in it like 24 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely think having a purpose in life for anybody is is the way forward. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. But you even having that running club on the side, you know, that's your sense of charity. And I remember, like, when I, I, before I started doing the volunteer work, you know, that I wanted to work full time. I wanted to quit the job and be a full time helping people. And, you know, I wanted to do, like, be infecting, like, Mother Teresa. And I remember I'd done that. And, but it wasn't able to pay the bills. You know, I was doing all this work, mm. volunteering, but it wasn't able to pay the bills. And what I found out, we needed to find a balance. We needed a job to pay the bills, but at the same time, we can volunteer on the side and yeah, help people. So, so getting a sense so of yeah, and getting satisfied by doing the doing the, the kind of helping people, but at the same time, being able to pay the bills. Because there's no point being able to fucking meditate for an hour and you're fucking, you know, you're running out to pay for electricity. Like you know, it's about finding yeah. balance. Like you know what I mean? Or being mad, mad fucking spiritual. And uh, just fucking, you know, being unable to have time for your family, like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's about finding that, that balance. And as time goes on, that's something that I'm just striving for. And, and we were just talking yeah. about there, about having the, the, the simple the simple life. And, you know, I remember my granddad, you thought me the happiest man. And I remember my granddad, you know, he was such a happy man. And I remember observing, like, he used to go out to the garden and just do a bit of gardening and feed the birds. Feed all these robins with lamb beside him. He just feed them bread, and he just have such a happy smile. And the man, I think, he was in his 80s, so he would have, he would have, he lived in a materialistic world for 80 years. And what he found made him happiest was sitting out in the garden and being just out with the birds, feeding them, and being in nature. You know, and and that's yeah. what I love. Even going down to the 40 foot, you'll see a community, quite an older community, and they must be onto something. They're on this earth the longest out of all of us. And yeah. if they're getting a the buzz out of the simple things, of getting into the sea, spending time with loved ones, you know, being yeah. present in nature, you know, simple, basic things, you know, that would be amazing. Isn't they, it? It's they, beautiful. They, ha- they have a glow about them. Like, I, I, like I'm, uh, I'm out there a year or two now, and this year was my first year not to, uh, to kind of go through the whole winter, you know, in the cold and everything. And I used to always say to myself, Jesus, like, as you said there, they're 80 years of age and all, but they have a glow about them. They have mm. something that that's attractive. And again, the vibrations of what they're, what we're seeing in them, we want a bit of that. And that's where we're out there so much. But it is, it's um, it's a beautiful thing, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it is, it's lovely, man. I love that, right? Just before we wrap it up there, Ken, I'm just wondering, like, if someone, say someone was starting off on their running journey, what, what, what would you say to them to motivate them to start running? Yeah, there's, there's a couple of things around motivation. And I always say, first of all, you define discipline, right? Discipline is, is saying to yourself, right, look, at, I need to get my act together. So I'm going to go and do 10 minutes of walking three times a week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Going out and doing that, that's the discipline. I find motivation sort of comes to you. You can find, you can make your own motivation when, when you feel that that 10 minutes of walking turns into 10 minutes of running and you think, wow, I'm at the fucking running 10 minutes. That's where the motivation comes in and you feel that inside you. And, like, so for, for me, to motivate someone, yeah, I, like, the advice I always give anyone starting out is get a regular routine. So write your Monday to Sunday down on a piece of paper, say to yourself, right, where's the gaps in my day? I can do four days a week. Well, all it takes is four 10-minute walks, say, right, for that week. Before you know it, that walk will turn into 10-minute walk and, say, run for two minutes, like, and then build mm-hmm. on it. But it's about, it's about uh, consistency. If you get out and do a little bit, of anything, before you know it, that little bit becomes easy and you'll want to go a bit further. 
And um, we have a massive successful rate or success rate in our beginners groups. We had, like now we're only allowed to take six with each coach. So we had them broke down throughout the whole week because mm. the people I work for are allowed six with the restrictions. But we, we had 60 people turning up at these beginner groups. And out of the 60, we had 40 who completed a 5K within 10 weeks. And the three things I say to people is, number one is your commitment. You know what I mean? So don't miss a training session. Number two would be our breeding techniques, and number three would be make sure your nutrition and water on board and stuff to make that little journey easy. You know what I mean? But it's about little changes, mm. Colm. You know what I mean? Little tiny little changes, mate. And um, I love that. I fu- yeah, I find the breeding techniques is a, is a massive one, but that we get into that another day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a part two. That's next week. Tune in. Ken, uh, no man, you, thanks for me. I've gotten so much out of this chat with you, man, and just. Just like what you said, like what, what other people just being drawn towards you, man. Just your personality and your buzz for life and the simple things, man. You know, I find it so attractive, man. So keep doing what you're doing, brother. I, I fucking love it. Oh, thanks a million, man. I'm humbled by it. God bless, man. I love that. See you, Ken, brother. See you floating down the 40 foot under there as a flow over you, to you. <laughs> you're willing, dear, bro. God bless. Take care. Yeah, brother. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.